Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. So we're in this series called Just Be, and what we're wanting to accomplish is this. We, um, we understand that when you are saved, your life, your past, all of it is redeemed. Is that right? Is, if you've grown up in church, if, you, uh, if you've grown up in church, you realize that has been redeemed. But I think a lot of people, they feel like salvation is like the end goal, and at the end of that, we're done. Like, you know, my kids are watching Willy Wonka, and we're watching the the good version, okay, old school, not Johnny Depp, you know what I'm saying? We're watching the old school, I've got a golden ticket, and so it's almost that mentality in church where it's like, yes, I got my golden ticket, I got my bar of chocolate, I'm good, when really... That's only the first stage. God has a transformation process for you, and he wants to see you walk into freedom. He wants to see you see your life begin to align to the image of God. And, and, and there, this process that we talk about in church is called transformation. And so I, I want to continue on with our Just Be series. And Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Come on, it's very easy for us to get entangled. Anybody ever felt like they were entangled in something? Anybody, a conversation that you like, this thing went south real quick. I don't need to be in this conversation. You know what? Anybody ever been entangled in something? Come on. Anybody got a little family drama? Don't look at nobody, okay? Do not look at anybody. Don't call nobody out. But, but family drama issues, and you're like, why did I say something? Husbands, you ever feel like, why did I I say that because that one sentence started hours of conversation. You know what I'm talking about? Entanglement. Uh, Listen, if we're not careful, we will um, forget the process that God has us in as we become free. You know, uh, everybody talks about freedom. Freedom in our culture is a huge... um, conversation. It's a huge topic. And, and regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, everybody talks about freedom. Everybody loves freedom. In fact, if you were to look at the top 10 grossing films, and you're talking about billions of dollars, eight of those 10 talk about freedom. In some form or fashion, the movie is about liberation and freedom. And, 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 and I, I think it's important for the church to talk about freedom because it is w- one of the only values that the culture and the church can agree on. You know, we, we don't know if we can agree on families anymore. We don't know if we can agree. Uh, there's a lot of things that we don't know if we can agree on. But freedom, everybody wants to be free. Everybody wants to have a little bit more freedom. I want the labels. I want all this stuff off of me. I, I, I don't want to live under um, th- this thought, this label, this issue. And so we, we, we love freedom. But I'll tell you the, wor- the, the truth is the, the world and the church 
has different definitions for freedom. And if we don't understand that, we will think that because people mention the word freedom that we're all coming from the same place. But the truth is, our culture's not. See, our, our culture views freedom as absent. It, freedom is the absence of limitations. And so if I, I don't want any limitations, I don't want anything on me, I don't want anybody telling me I can't, I don't want anybody telling me, does that make sense? And so freedom in the world, in our culture context, is absence of limitations. We want unadulterated freedom, where no one tells us how to live, who we can love, what we can own, every boundary that is set must be challenged, if it's a political ideology, if it's the English language, if it's a restroom sign, it does not matter. Every label has to be challenged. Now here's the problem. If we continue with that thought, that thought doesn't necessarily move you into freedom. It doesn't. Because you can only be so free before... Listen, I, I, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I, I, I don't want nobody telling me what I can and cannot do. I am free. So I am not fixing to stop at any red lights. Because I'm free. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm free. Come, does it make sense? So, so what we know is there's a complexity in freedom that we have to understand. And, and the truth is, for us to be a free society, there will be limitations. And for us to be free in our spirit, come on somebody, then there, it, it, it's, there's no place where it's just, I'm totally free and I, and I can do everything and anything that I want. And let's talk about it. In fact, one of, even one of the Disney songs, and my, my kids love this movie, so I'm not hating. I'm just we're, uh, frozen. One of the top ten. Come on, y'all oh, know the song. Come on, you about to sing. Let it go. You know, I, I refuse. Don't, listen, I, I want you to stay. If I start singing, you leave, okay? Listen, I will not be at choir practice. Um, there's a part in the song that says this. To test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. Man, that, that's exciting. Absolutely. And here's the deal. I get it. All of us have had labels and limitations put on us. I remember, I mean, I was in school. I was a hyperactive, ADD child. I'm ADHD. Let me tell you something. I struggled in everything. I struggled in paying attention. I, I, I struggled in my writing and my reading. My B's and D's were backwards. And, and the truth is I had a teacher. I remember specifically, I was in, a freshman in high school and had a teacher look at me and say, uh, Mr. Sexton, I don't know if you'll ever make it in life. And I don't think she was trying to be vindictive. She was trying to figure out a way to motivate me. But the truth is, that put a label on me. That put a label on me. And what it did is, it, it, instead of challenging me to break free, it challenged me to not care. Anybody had a label put on you that, that made it hard for you to begin to receive love? Hard for you to begin to, does that make sense? And, and before you knew it, because people, what people were saying about you did not unleash your potential, but it shackled it. We're about to look at a story that I think will speak to all of us. John chapter 8, check this out, John chapter 8. 
John chapter 8, verse 3 through 12. And this is, uh, man, this is a really good passage. If you've never read this before, this is a story in the Bible. And this is a story about Jesus. And John chapter 8, verse 3, it says this. Then the scribes, John 8, verse 3. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him, we're talking to Jesus, a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in his midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, I don't know you, but I read literally. And so my mind begins to wonder, in what? You know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'm going to keep this PG 13. But the reality is, how do you, how do you catch someone in the act? I mean, you have to like really be, you know what I'm saying? Do you ever have anybody in your family that just kind of waits for someone and waits for drama and they can't wait to pull it out and go, well, I don't know, but I'm not trying to gossip, but you know what? I, I heard. <laughs> and it's like, did you just wait for a problem to arise? You know what I'm saying? Did you just wait for there an issue? You just can't wait to tattle on someone. Listen, we were supposed to get over that in like five listen they have caught this woman in the act and now Moses they're, they're talking to Jesus now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned anybody who does this they should be stoned what do you say and they they said this testing him that they might have something to which accuse him but Jesus stood down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear them. Come on, anybody ever do that? You know, someone's talking and you know, <laughs> I'm not hearing you right now. Listen, so when Jesus, so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. Whoever here has not sinned, go and take a rock, put it in your hand, throw it as hard as you can. Here's the, and again, he stood down and he wrote on the ground. And those who heard it began to be convicted in their conscience. And one by one, gaining, uh, beginning with the oldest even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus raised himself up and saw no one but the woman and said to her, Woman, where are those who accused you? Has no one condemned you? She says, No, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk, walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to spend a couple minutes looking through this text because wherever you come from, maybe in, in, in a church setting, there, there are ample thoughts about this text. The first is that we have people who live a very uh, liberated and free, and we should be liberated and free. I'm going to talk about that again. But they think, you know what, they read this, and it's all based on perspective. So they see Jesus deal with a woman, and they think, hey, you know what, it's no big deal. Jesus forgave her. He did not condemn her, and he told her to go sin no more. The sin no more was the least part of the conversation because, really, he wanted to let her know that I'm not judging you and I'm not condemning you, so go. And that's right. It's just not complete. 
Because here's the thing, what we would have to understand is we would have to understand that John chapter 8 begins the conversation of how to be free. And so anytime we stop in one portion of the context, then we don't get the full conversation. And so the full conversation is from that, Jesus uses this story as how to be free, how to be set free, and who the Son sets free is free indeed, but the rest of the chapter lines out and talks about sin, darkness, light, love, and where you can be. See, Here's what I find interesting about this story is the men bring the woman to Jesus because the law demands that we stone someone like this. That we can't have people like this doing what she did in our community. We need to handle this. But here's the thing. If you were reading John chapter 7, Jesus was communicating and talking. There was a huge feast, and he was out just talking and communicating, preaching at the temples. And all of the religious leaders thought in their heart and began to scheme on how they could murder Jesus. Come on, if that ain't the church. I'm going to get mad at you for what you do, but I'm okay with what I... Come on, somebody. They were plotting murder, but they were mad at the adulteress. I believe that Jesus began to sit down, and one of the reasons, and, and this is subjective, this is my opinion, I, I, I don't have any you know, uh, study on this, but I believe as he began to kneel, he was writing the word murder. And the reason that nobody threw a stone is because Jesus had dealt with the issue in their heart, and they wanted to destroy one woman because of what she did, but were blind to what they were Come on. The truth is, if we're not careful, we will be better judges of people than lovers of people. We've all been judged. And and when you say don't judge, everybody's going to amen that. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That's good preaching right there. (laughs) But here's the thing is that what this text and the greater complexity of this text shows us is the fact that maybe within all of us, there are moments of double standards. Come on, anybody been hurt? And they know they need to forgive, but I'm just going to hold that grudge a little longer. Like, I know I need to let it go. I know, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't going to sing the song, but, but I, I know I need to handle this. I know I, I can't live with this. I know it's terrible that I'm in this, but, but come on. And we love our butts. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We, we love to have a moment where we talk about who wronged us and who hurt us. You know, I, I love this, this verse because Jesus begins to share something with us. And it's a powerful message. And the reason that it's powerful is because Jesus has two major values that he deals with this woman. And it's the values that we tried to set up in this church. The first value is that he dealt with this woman with love. Regardless of her past, how she looked, how how short the skirt was, how long the hair was, he loved, come on, this woman. And then he gave her truth. 
And if you want to know in a nutshell, what is your church about? We're about love and truth. I want people to come in, no matter where they've been or what they've gone. Maybe, maybe I don't know what has happened. Maybe they just lost their job. Maybe there was a, a major issue that happened in their life. Maybe they just got through divorce. Maybe they just transferred here and they're thriving in their Christian faith. But the truth of the matter is I want everybody coming here, regardless of race, background, whatever. I want you to feel loved. Because here's the deal. When we withhold love to people, here's what we think. Your value is determined on how I feel about you. And value has already been predetermined. Value was predetermined in the seed of birth in the womb. And the truth of the matter is, you, you could have just done a terrible, horrible, horrible thing. And you will have to deal with the terrible, horrible, horrible thing. But the fact of the matter is, your value has not changed, even though your influence may have. Does this make sense? Jesus was speaking to this woman's value and he was bringing her in. But then he left her with truth and it started the dialogue for the next 30 verses, which we're not going to read. So, (laughs) I use these two verses a lot and I want you to see them. Love. Here's one of the verses. 1 Peter chapter 4, 8. And above all things... Have fervent love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sin. Listen, how can we see people redeemed, restored, and changed in their heart if we don't love them? How do we see that? How do we see marriages come back together? How do we see businesses? This, there's, a young, there's a man in our church that believed he was going to start a business. He failed royally. He went bankrupt. He is a broke as a joke. You know what I'm saying? He, has, he can't even pay attention. The, the, the truth is he messed up or, or, or didn't know or whatever. Now is he destined to go through life and feel like a lesser of a person? Value has not changed. We love people. Truth. John chapter 8 verse 32 says this, and you shall know the truth, come on, and the truth shall set you free. So here's the pop test. Does love set you free? No. What? Come on. That slow jam, that song. What you mean love don't set me free? Love sets me free. Love, come on, come on. You, you remember the Titanic? Jack, love sets you free. You don't even know. Except for it doesn't. Love makes you feel better about yourself. But it does not set you free. Truth will set you free. Truth will set you free. And as we begin to talk today, I want to uh, just... I'm going to take a little, uh, listen, I already know that if you're going to be a public speaker, and some of you may be public speakers in the house today, I already know that public speakers do not turn their back on the audience. I know that. I know that. But I'm just going to do a little writing up here as we talk. So you may see my back. I'm not, I, I realize if I was doing a drama, it would be very terrible, but I'm not, okay? And so I'm going to use this board, and we're going to talk. We're going to have a conversation. Is that okay? Yes. Two people are okay. Three people are like, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Tic-tac-toe. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
Here's the thing. I'm going to break this down so that we understand because my assignment today is just be free. Just be free. I don't know about you, but I remember struggling with freedom when I was in high school. Moving it, getting ready to go to college, I, I was dealing with some things in my life and I wanted to be free and I was tired of messing with them. I did not want to have anger. I did not want to have lust. I did not want to have these things moving in my heart. I did not want to be, uh, have a poverty mindset. I did not want to have some things. And so I was like, God, free me, free me, free me. And you know what? Here's the thing. I remember thinking, going through years of working through the things that I felt like were holding me back. And I was very frustrated that I wanted to be free, but I was not totally free. And so what I want to do is I want to explain freedom to you in a way that I feel like m makes us win in freedom. Does this make sense? Here's the truth. The truth is that there was this great separation between God and man. And man was here and God here. And so the truth is there was a huge wall of separation because God is holy and perfect and man is not. And I remember in my younger years hearing about the sin. I remember being called a sinner. I bet you're a sinner. And I did not like, that was not like a positive for me. I don't want to be called a sinner. You don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? You know what you, I mean, let me say it again. You know what I mean? You don't even know. Why, why are you going to call me? A, you know, let me tell you something. I'm not as bad as, you know, and, and here's the thing. It's funny because we always measure our good by someone else's bad, right? Yes. Come on. I know you're like, we never do that. Shut up. Right, you know you do. All right. And so what happened is, God established the law. And so here's the thing. Adam and Eve, let's go back. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, there is a first family. God created them, took dust, man. You know what I'm saying? And so that's how it was. And then out of man, God took woman. And, and man and woman were on the earth, right? And so here's what happened. Man had dominion. Dominion means God said, I am giving you all authority and I'm going to give it to you. So man had all authority, all authority over animals, vegetation, life, creation. Uh, man had the authority to continue to grow and produce what God had given him. Well, here is the, the enemy. The enemy comes up in the form of a serpent. And, and, and this is Genesis chapter 2. And what happens is the enemy deceives Eve and says, Hey, I know you're hungry. There's this tree. I know God said don't eat of it and don't touch it because there was a tree in the garden that God said don't eat, don't touch. You can have everything else, but the, this one area, I don't want you to touch it. Isn't that just like us? Come on, we're Americans. We touch everything. Don't mess with it. Don't, don't tell me I can't. Don't tell me I can't. Listen. And so Eve took the fruit, ate it. Her husband ate it. And in that moment, Sin entered humanity because Adam had the authority. I remember the first time I heard it. So what that means is because Adam and Eve sinned, sin now begins to move all through humanity. We are all sinners. Whoa, okay. I, I, heard, I heard about this church. I thought y'all were life-giving. And so now I feel pretty condemned. 
Well, here's the deal. The truth is, you can see it in humanity. We all have to deal with sin. We have to deal with the struggle of power, lust, and, 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 and the lust for things and the lust for people. The truth is, if you aren't going to accept Christianity, you're going to have to deal with the depravity of man and why we all want power, we all want to be first, we all want other... Does that make sense? That you're going to have to deal with this logically because the truth is, I have to be trained to be nice because I don't want to start out nice. We have four kids. We never, we never, had, we never took our kids to live school at NWAC. You know what I'm saying? They had a little class online, and so we, 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 we enrolled them because we wanted them to be deceitfully, you know, uh, you know, being able to achieve in the world and business. Come on. And so we took them to lie class. No parent takes their kid to lie class. But when you come in and say, hey, who took the last cookie? it's in us self-preservation is in us lies steal does that make sense kill anybody anybody remember back in their younger years maybe an older brother or someone else messing with you and all of a sudden you were like i will kill you anybody ever say i will kill you because the emotion is so raw in the moment well take my bike Here's the thing. Because of that sin, the law had to be established. The law was the Ten Commandments. Why was the Ten Commandments made? Because people needed to understand that God had a standard because God was holy. And that standard, that law, helped us to understand that God being holy, we could not do all of it on our own. We could not complete the law. Come on. The law is keep God first. Anybody ever broke that one? Anybody ever wanted something else besides God? You broke it. Come on. All the way down to, come on, number five, honor your father and mother. Anybody ever got mad at their mom and dad? Nobody? You had great parents? You know what I'm saying? Listen. All the way down to coveting. Anybody wanted someone else? That, what, anybody else wanted something else that someone else had? Oh, man, look at that. Okay. Like that house. Don't you give it to me? Listen. Okay. So here's the thing. Because God had wanted a relationship. See, God, all God wanted was a family. All God wanted was family. God had Adam and Eve. That Adam and Eve was going to produce family. They sinned. Then God began to have a covenant with Israel. Then God always wanted a family, but then it got to the place where the law and sin were too much, and, and men could not achieve. Good, you had to be perfect and never break the law and be Jewish. I mean, there was no way to get to God. So God sent Jesus. God sent Jesus to redeem us from this, this heaviness of the law and, and sin. And, and the truth is that, that God has a plan and the enemy has a plan. And the enemy's plan is bondage. God's plan is to be free. Okay? This is uh, enemy. I know how to spell it. Uh, God 
This is their plan. God's plan was for you to be free. And here's the thing. This is a... And and so when we say yes to Jesus, we are instantly free and our spirit, come on, is made new. So here's what that means. That means when you blow it, when you mess up, when you fall short, your spirit cannot sin. Okay? Red flags are going up. We're not saying that you can't sin, but your spirit has been made new because God sent Jesus and there's nothing you could do on your own and he wanted to free you. Does this make sense? He wanted to free you. Now here's the issue. We know this. We preach this. This is great. But this has nothing to do with your mind. Uh, That's not right. (laughs) This has nothing to do with your mind. And here's the deal. You're going to have to fight your mind all the time. And here's the deal. People are all the time, well, how do I be free? Well, you ask Jesus in your life. Well, I did that, but I still hate people. Like I have a list of 10 people I hate. And I thought if I was going to be saved, then I wouldn't hate anybody. I would love everybody. You know what? Here's the deal. I I got saved and my marriage didn't get any better. I got saved and my finances never. I got saved and, God, you know, church, I tried it. It just didn't work. No, 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 no. Your spirit, come on, somebody, got saved. But your mind did not. And here's the deal. You think like you grew up. Our mind is a product of habit patterns, backgrounds, what we believe, how we grew up. And the truth of the matter is, this is the part that we've got to work on if we want freedom in our life. And there are two things specifically that you want to work on if you want to just be free. You're going to have to work on voices and choices. Voices. Come on, say it. Y'all are so like in it now. That's good. I'm excited. It's all about voices and choices. What What are you listening to? What's happening in you? What's going on? And the truth of the matter is there are four major voices that you will have to contend with. The first is this. Condemnation. What did Jesus tell the woman? What did he tell the woman? I do not what? Condemn you. I do not condemn you. The enemy will condemn you. The enemy will tell you that you're never going to change. You're never going to get over that anger. Your marriage can never be any better. Your singleness cannot. All, all, the enemy is going to condemn you. Everything in your life is your fault. You're, nothing's ever going to change. How dare you? Th- what, why are you coming to church? Yeah, nothing's going to happen. That church is like the last church. They're going to use you, then they're going to leave you, then they're going to... And before you know it, condemnation is the voice that's happening in your head. The enemy will always give you the lie because he wants you to believe the lie. And he's not, he hadn't changed his game. Listen, I, we study games. I don't know. Anybody excited about the NCAA? Come on, baby. All right, five. That's good. That's good. We're a very athletic church. Um, okay, so um, I don't know what else. Do you compete in art? I don't know. But um, um, okay, here's the thing is 
The enemy has one tactic, and that Jesus called the enemy the father of lies. So here your spirit is free, but your mind is full of lies, and we wonder why we don't have the victory, come on somebody, that we want to have. Comfort. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. Jesus came to comfort those. What I find interesting is, you know, this woman was saved, right? She was supposed to die. Legally, she was supposed to die. The, The people were supposed to pick rocks up and throw them at her. But because of what Jesus did, he came and he comforted this situation. And she left free. Free. There's a voice of comfort. There's one of conviction. And correction. These are the voices that God will use in your life. And here's the deal. These three are of God. And this one is bondage. See, here's the deal. We don't, I'm grown, man. I don't need to be corrected. Dang, I'm, I'm, I'm grown. But if you're married... <laughs> If you've ever had an employee, come on, if you've ever had an employee, if you've ever been a boss, you know that people don't come in and just like, hey, how are you? I'm so glad to work here. I'm going to do my best for you every single day. I'm never going to steal any pens or pencils. I'm going to do a great job working for you. And I want you to know you're paying me for 40, but I'm going to work 42 because I really like you. (laughs) No. Come on, anybody ever, anybody... Anybody, you, you work as a, as a boss over people or you, you, you lead people. Anybody ever had to have correction? Mm. It's amazing how some people are like, yes, I'll do whatever you think. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. And other ones are like, here's my lawyer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, conviction. Conviction happens. When we, when we act different than where we're going, we are convicted. Why did I watch that? Why did I say that? Why did I do that? Oh, why did I get in that conversation? I should have known better what is going on. Oh, come on. Conviction, comfort. This is what God, this is the voice that we want to lean into if we want to be free. But if we listen to this voice, this voice is wanting to take us into bondage and these are wanting to help us be free. Does this make sense? So let's talk about the choice, and then we're, at, we're done. We're out of here. Here's the deal. If you're going to be free in your mind, you're going to have to. I know this is like a cuss word. You're going to have to accept limits. You're going to have to accept limits. And the truth of the matter is, freedom happens because of limitations, not because there are no limitations. I am free to have a great relationship with my wife if I don't have sex with every woman I see. Does that make sense? I am not free. Does that make sense? 
well, you know what? Here's the deal. We have a, we, we, when we got married, we signed a prenup, and then, and then also I, we kind of signed a contract, and I said, you know what? Listen, I'm going to love you, but I'm not really going to love only you because, you know, I got a lot of love, girl. And so I'm, I'm going <laughs> to, our relationship not going to be free. Does it make sense? If you want to be free, you are going to have to accept limitations. There are things and places I go and places I don't go, conversations I get into, conversations I don't get into. There are things that I willfully involve myself in, and then there are things that I don't. Because when I do something that, that, that is beyond the limitation, then I'm moving into bondage. Yes. Is this right? Yes. The second thing that has to happen is I've got to receive help. I've got to receive help. That's one of the reasons our, our, our church, the Holy Spirit, listen, let me tell you something. Jesus knew the disciples could not make it without him, so the Holy Spirit had to come and be a constant source of help. The reason that we want to show up every Sunday morning is not because, well, you know, the church, oh, you know, the church is just an organized religion. The reason we come together is because our mind gets off and we need some help. We need some help. I need to think right because right now I'm mad at every child I have. <laughs> no one told me that when I bought for Christmas that I would have to deal with Christmas the rest of the days of my life because all the stuff's up in the floor. Okay? Santa, take it back, baby. Listen. Receive help. You got to receive help. That's why we do life groups. That's why we want you today. If you're interested in this church and you want to know more, we have framework at 215. We want you to come. Not, well, are you thinking I'm not good enough? I'm thinking this, that the enemy always is a strategist, and he will always snipe the one who is by themselves. You cannot live by yourself. You cannot live alone. You cannot live so individualized that your thoughts, come on, they got to be challenged. Is that life-giving or is that not? Am I walking in bitterness or am I not? Is that, the, the third thing is this. Are y'all still with me? Yes. All right, cool. What is the third thing? All right, got it. <laughs> we got to believe big. Listen, you got to believe that things can change. You've got to believe. And here's the deal. God has already shown us the supernatural results. A God who doesn't need anything from us sent Jesus to redeem us. That is huge. Does that make sense? Like, like some of you would not give your life up for an ant. The, 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 the context is we can do nothing to help God be God. So why would we not believe big in our marriage? Why would we not believe big with our children? Why would we not believe big in our singleness? Why would we not believe big? Does that make sense? We are believing big. I have to have faith. Faith that it can change. Faith that tomorrow can be different. Faith that my job can improve. And if it doesn't, faith that there will be another job and another opportunity. That I am not shackled. I am not in bondage. I am not broken. But I am free. The last one is this. We've got to always forgive. Come on, y'all. I saved the best one for last. Okay, listen. Listen. This is hard. And I get it. I get it. It's hard. But here's what I'm telling you. Is that if you're going to be free, 
you're going to have to forgive. You're going to have to forgive. You don't have an option. The last pastor, your last church, your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your, your, the, your, the, 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 the college student who doesn't call you anymore. And you know what? You were fine when I was buying Cheetos, but now you can't call nobody? You better pick up the phone. You're going to have to forgive. Because if you don't, here's the, what the enemy is trying to do. He wants to lead you back to bondage. He can do nothing with your spirit, but if he can destroy your mind, not only will he hurt you, but he will hurt everyone you touch. And so if I can no longer get you here, I'm going to destroy you for the next 90 years of your life. Why? Because God's way is life. And the enemy's way is death. And if you're not forgiven people, you know what? There's a scripture verse in the Bible that says, if you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. If you don't forgive, you can't be forgiven. Church, I know that there are stories of struggle in this place. And I don't even know what the issue was. I don't know who you need to forgive. I don't know. But I can tell you this, that God has a great plan for your life. And I want to tell you one more thing. Is all of this, voices and choices, requires your attention. And the truth is, everything that we do is hard and easy. You just get to pick how you do it. See, if you take the easy way and you never say no and you never set limitations and you come on, you never ask for help and you, you've, you've lost your faith and, and you don't forgive, this is easy. It's easy. But here's the deal. It will always end. Say it. Come on. It'll end up hard. And here's the deal. At that moment, you can want to blame everybody else in your life. But the truth is, easy first will always lead you to hard. It's easy to just turn on the TV and watch whatever I want, but it could lead you somewhere. It's easy to, well, I feel like that's the law. No, 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 no. You're saved and your spirit has been rejuvenated. But what we are talking about is your mind. Does this make sense? God says, I'm going to do the hard first. Anybody ever heard this from someone who got saved? Man, I got saved and it got so hard. Anybody ever heard that? Why is that? Because you have to give up everything to follow Christ. You have to pick up your cross. You have to follow him. You have to deny yourself. You have to accept limitations. Guess what? I can't go there. I can't do that. I can't be involved in that. I can't gossip. I don't want to gossip. It's not because I can't. Oh, God's not going to love me. It's, it's done. You're loved. But if, if you go that route, come on, you'll be in bondage in here. If you'll pick the hard thing first, guess what? Life will be easier. Life will be easier. Now, I'm not promising you a total easy life. Life is not easy. But I am saying this, that guess what? When my phone, call, when my phone rings, I never am looking over my shoulder hoping my wife doesn't read my text. See, I've made some decisions in my life, and I chose hard, and my life has gotten easier. Because here's the deal. God will give you the seed, and it's always harder to plant the seed than it is to pluck the harvest.
you're going to have to make some decisions. And what I'm telling you is if you want to be free, voices and choices. Amen. Today, what's the voice? What's the lie? Can you identify the lie? You're stupid, you're dumb. You're, you're not an extrovert, you're an introvert. You don't do well with people. You, I, I don't know what the lie is, but here's the deal. I'm going to tell you some lies in my life that I would never be successful, that I would never amount to anything, that God would never use me, that I could never stay married. This week, next week, we're, we're celebrating 15 years. Come on. I can never be a good parent. I was adopted from a foster home. My parents got divorced. I can never be a good parent. I can never be a good parent. I can never love people. What are your lies? Voices and choices. If you will do this, if you'll accept some limits, receive some help, believe big, and forgive, you will have freedom in your life. And here's what will happen. Life will begin to start happening in you. And you'll stop looking like death. You'll stop looking. Come on, anybody, anybody see Christians that look like death? Yes. Well, the reason is because the Bible says the eyes are the windows of the soul. And you're looking like death because your voices and your choices are taking you to... Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.